Last time on the Reroll Podcast. The group is split, and the waters will be tested on an unlikely alliance. Those of you with any hunting capability, join me. These people can't, they can't fight if they don't have feet. Absolutely. I think Killam could hunt. Chaos immediately ensues at the hands of our new eight-legged friend. Do not touch any of the webs. Oh god, I'm big. Immediately find yourselves entangled in this web. You are now paralyzed by the poison. Oh my god. Let's go. Yeah, fuck this spider. I was really hoping we would be able to get some venom. He's hungry. Let's hope they come back with that boar. And the hunting party might be getting a little more than they bargained for. A giant boar lies in the center of this massacre. Two foot long slash along its belly. Shoddy wooden arrows and several spears protrude from her gray furred hide. Sort of starts moving almost like it's trying to get up. Our boar isn't gone yet. That thing was dead a minute ago. Spiders. (laughs) Are they real? Discuss. (laughs) No. No way. I am so terrified by the average size household baby spider (laughs) that I can't possibly imagine a spider bigger than I am. In fact, you know what? This is this is a perfect time to explain my good friend Max, uh, his Shelob defense. Shelob is, of course, the giant spider in Lord of the Rings. And Max uh, once asked me what I would do if faced with such a large spider as my adversary. And I was like, I, I have no idea. Run, I guess. And Max, I asked him what his uh, plan was. And he says, oh, I have the Shelob defense. If I ever see a spider larger than I am... I am just going to acknowledge that that is way too scary to actually exist, and I'm going to sit down on the ground and pretend that that is not happening, and let whatever (laughs) goes on go on, and just acknowledge that can't be real because it's far too scary. Just immediately immediately throw myself into a completely catatonic state and (laughs) hide the world around me and just disassociate in general. So you're a fainting plan. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not real, man. <laughs> Which spiders are notoriously uh great real? at leaving dead corpses alone. So pretending to be dead will likely be very good for you. As long as it doesn't see you fall over. Yeah, it will. Sure. Pa- you pass out and vacate yourself of any nourishing juices so the spider doesn't show any interest in you. <laughs> What no, about- I s- spiders are the most terrifying thing to me, and that's why I put them in every D and D game. I like to manifest uh, myself as a spider to take power away from the fear I hold. Wait, so we're all just here for like your therapy then? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't have insurance right now, so <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, we, we got you. So also, fantasy, for- fantasy exposure. <laughs> you, you got. Thanks for coming to a cave and you find my dad, who I haven't seen in 26 years. What does he say to you? Be be specific. Does he tell you he loves you? I bet he tells you he loves you. Explain it to me. Says, your new haircut looks like shit. Um, Yeah, thank you for being a part of recording my therapy sessions, which is very good for mental health, I'm sure. And I think probably illegal. Yeah, Not if there's totally consent. violates the uh, patient. Yeah, True. Patient Not if the patient's recording group therapy, it and it's releasing okay. it and editing it every week. <laughs> what about the spider <laughs> in Harry Potter, though? That's a nice one. That nope. one always used nope. to fit. Nope. Is it, though? Nope. Nope. Really? Nope. I don't think that is a nice spider. Oh, well, at least in the movie it was. 
they like go. I'm pretty sure and attacked him <laughs> and let his don't, kids eat him. But then they realize that like that he's like good and because isn't, isn't that what happened? I don't know. I thought he still tried to eat them. No, no, maybe not. He said up, that. Uh, then he's he like never come back like and then he's like he like Bang. answered their questions because they're friends with Haggard but then he let his kids attack them oh that's what it was yeah and then mm. Ron's like buh and then they leave yeah buh <laughs> buh buh <laughs> bless <laughs> <laughs> he was only nice to Haggard basically right right okay yeah. sorry it's been a while like this spider's only nice to Killa <laughs> kind of <laughs> sort of yeah to start today's episode off, why don't we take a glimpse into the memory of Starlet Moonbow. Octavia, take it away. Vaya, I told you to keep your eyes closed. No peeking, you hear Star's excited voice say as she leads an exasperated satyr down a dirt pathway. The tall trees seem to form an archway above the two figures. I swear to the gods, Starlet, if I twist my ankle out here, I'm going to hurt you, the satyr says, trying not to trip over the thick roots growing in the pathway, her hands covering her eyes. Star snickers and continues leading the woman down the pathway. A couple of minutes pass by until finally they slow to a stop. Star releases the, sad the satyr from her guiding hand. All right, you big baby. You can open your eyes now. Faya lets her arms drop from her eyes and turns to look for Star so she can punch her arm. Oh, you are gonna... As she swings at the spot Star was standing in. But she only hits air. She looks at the spot for a moment and turns to see the vines of a huge weeping willow swaying softly in the breeze. The thick branches of the ancient tree hide everything just beyond its veil. Light pink and soft purple flowers trail down them. A hand darts out from behind the thick curtain and grabs the unsuspecting satyr, pulling her beyond the veil. This time, it takes a moment for Faya's eyes to adjust to the dim blue glow of the completely shielded, almost cave-like opening. Blue and green fireflies blink, scattered about the large space. The once pink and purple flowers that covered the tree on the outside now give off a gentle glow. Small mushrooms and other plant life seem to huddle together, like they're preparing for a peaceful night's rest inside the protection of the old tree. Against the trunk of the tree sits a long, overgrown garden bench, the roots wrapping around the little bench and claiming it as part of their peaceful little world. I know you would like it, Star says softly, looking at the satyr woman, who seems to be lost in wonder. Faya looks back towards Star. This is... it's so beautiful. How did you find this place? When did you find this place? I... A shushing finger pushes against the brown-haired satyr's lips. I'll tell you about it later. For now, I just want to enjoy my time here with you. Faya, her cheeks burning slightly, looks up at the tabaxi's face. She admires the gentle brown and black speckles of her brindle fur. Faya notices that Star's normally piercing gaze seems more tame now, relaxed even. Just for a moment, Faya thinks she sees something more staring back at her. A hint of longing from behind those wonderful eyes. The both of them seem to realize they've been staring at each other for longer than they should have, and both quickly avert their gaze, each pretending to look at the foliage or flowers that seem to whisper softly to each other from the breeze. Baya and Star both turn to face each other again, and try to talk, but they interrupt each other. They both laugh nervously. Baya turns again to look uh, at something to ease her embarrassment. 
gods, I'm a dunce. I need to just tell her, the satyr thinks to herself. But before she can muster up the courage to face Starlet again, she feels a tug at her hand. Faya turns back to face Star, but this time, before any more words are spoken, Star draws the satyr's face up by her chin to look at her. I... I want to tell you that I, I really love the way your eyes look. I mean, um, one of them being blue instead of green, that is. Faya nervously blurts out. Gods, kill me now, Faya thinks to herself. Star laughs and leans down closer to whisper, Thank you. I like yours too. Their eyes close and their lips touch gently. The world around them melts away as we see Star hard at work at her desk. She's drawing a picture of the satyr. She outlines the curled horns that sit atop her head like a crown. A single tear splashes down on the parchment. I will find you and bring you back home. I promise. End scene. <laughs> Very good. Nice. Very good. Nicely done. Nicely done. Great. That was great. Um, take your inspiration. Groth, Thanks. I gave you one last week. Yeah. Or the well the, two weeks ago. Yeah, I have one. Whatever it was. Okay, good. So we're gonna pick up our story with Roth and Bo. Back at the Huani Manor in the sub basement after your encounter with the giant spider William, Groth, you have I assume you have Bo slung over your shoulder or you fireman carrying? What do you do? Um That depends. I he gave him a or sorry, uh, I remember her name. Violet. Lilac. Gave lilac. lilac. I knew it was a flower. And, uh, <laughs> gave Bo a an anti venom last time. Then you said that he was conscious. Is he is he able to walk? He is conscious, able to walk. Sort of getting his joints like going from being totally paralyzed to. Mobile again is a jarring experience. Yeah, but you get agile. All right, then I got Bo probably shit his pants. <laughs> I got like sorry, that's just medically how it's how it happened. Yeah, let me just get the even worse end of the, the stick when I already rolled a fucking one a zero. Sorry, Bo, but a it's one. in canon. You the poop your pants. End of no, the stick. no, you're matching crunch now. <laughs> matching crunch is that what you say? No, I don't want to matching poop pants. Right. Oh. Bestie. That's stricken from the record. The DM forbids it. Okay. Only Crunch poops his pants. Be original. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Bo up, kind of with my big ass hand underneath one, like my thumbs underneath one arm, my far fingers underneath the other arm. I'm gonna kind of pick him up and help him walk for a little bit to kind of get the blood flowing. I'm like, yeah, you uh took a pretty nasty shot out of that thing's fang. How you feeling? Pretty bad. <laughs> oh, you look it, buddy. Thanks. Of course, um, of course. <laughs> Kella walks over and pulls out this vial with a little uh, sloshing red liquid in it and says, Here, this, this should help a little bit. Thank you. I'll take it. Lilac rubs her forehead and she's in, in frustration. She's like, this has been a major hiccup in our plan. We we need the venom from William so we can 
poison. Well, the grain supply that the Hoe Riders take every week. If they take it back to that outpost up north, it could poison everybody in it. However, the spider venom isn't strong enough to kill, and we can't seem to get more than a vial a week. And that was, that was when we could actually feed it a little bit. Now we're lucky if it doesn't... Well... You saw what happened to Bo here. Uh, I did. <laughs> I didn't like it. So the and, time, time tables, like when would be... Do we have more shit to do with the cave or would, would the hunting party kind of be like coming back soon? Uh, you guys are about to get into a combat. Hmm. Oh, right. I forgot about that end part. <laughs> <So, laughs> Are we nah, coming back from the big boar fight? I one of those, door, one of those boar carcasses. I'm fucking out of there. <laughs> uh, by the, the way, you guys the... should uh, orient yourselves on the map wherever you were. Yeah, I kind of moved me to where I thought I was standing. Okay. Um, I Bo would like to respond um, and say, um, how do you know it's not enough? Kill a size and goes back to her the end of her bedroll which is a pretty short distance from where you guys are grabs her little chest opens it up and pulls out this wooden structure that's holding two vials filled with this green viscous saliva and uh, she says based on what we've heard about the amount of grain that is being taken from the watermill this likely would do nothing but turn the food a little gross. We haven't been able to get much. And the stuff we have been able to get, we've... Well, let's just say I'm not the alchemist my mother was, and I've learned a lot of things along the way. And this seems like the most like viable option to do it this way. What else can we do? We can't can't go up and fight the hell riders we're not armed we're not equipped and she looks over at the people a part of this resistance and truly they're commoners some of them wounded veterans from the first time around and it hardly seems like a passable army oh i've started doing a little thinking about that i uh said you know louis does he does he know anything? Does he know your life? No. And Lilac speaks up and she says, and we're gonna keep it that way. Blackreach has a way of rooting out groups like us. That's what Treebark has taught us. If it weren't for if it weren't for him, we likely would have been found by even union members with basic common sense, let alone if they put an inquisitor on our tail. That uh, certainly wouldn't be good. But no. I've gotten into fairly close terms with Louis, and I may be able to talk to him about some anonymous recipients in dire need of a little, uh, little charity donation. Lilac shoots a glance towards Kella. Kella looks back at her and she says, 
Anna has said that Louis's been a friend and a protector. Indeed. Lila. He hates what... Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. He hates what uh, the Empire has done to Brambleton. I think he'd do anything to see them fall, but he doesn't feel as though he can, so he does nothing. She rubs her forehead again, uh, Lilac, and she says, That is... That is all that Brambletonians do anymore is nothing. They sit and they watch former heroes work the Huani fields. They watch murderers. Murderers who killed their family and friends drink at their bar. They sit there and do nothing. If you are complacent to the Empire, you are a part of the Empire. Um, you said you didn't have enough. How much do you have and how much do you need to make this plan work with the poison? Just out of curiosity. Kayla pipes up and she says, I don't actually know. It's it's a bit hard to get a an estimate from just what Hannah tells us about how much they move out. Realistically, we would need, and hopefully Everglade can help, is we need to see inside the mill, but it's guarded 24-7 by the Union. But we definitely need more than this. And that's a start. I'm wondering if this is the best way to do this, and even if, like, if it's guessing, I don't know if that's enough, especially if, um, the, if... If it's not, then can't imagine that they would keep taking the grain that's making them sick if it doesn't kill them. So maybe we need to start thinking of something else. You hear this older voice pipe up from the sort of dining area that's really not too far from here, maybe 10 feet. He says, listen to them, children. This is what I've been saying. And there's an older man with one arm, a long scraggly beard, dressed in slave garb. And he's sitting, sort of sipping out of the last, er, uh, treasuring the last couple sips of his stew out of this stone bowl. Just poisoning the grain will hurt the people of Brambleton just as much as it hurts the members of the Empire. I agree, it seems too risky. And, yeah, that's it. Lilac speaks up and she says, What choice do we have? We are old men and children against the most well-armed army Rel has ever seen. At our strongest, the Empire crumpled the city like a piece of paper and... And she takes a second, exhales, and is to reels herself back and, and retreats a little bit into her hood and Lilac becomes silent as Killis steps forward and she says it's not a perfect choice but we don't feel like we have a choice I have an idea and hear me out but this 
this place, this house, um, above here, is 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 a job for me right now, and I'm buying time to keep it from being investigated. But what if it? What if the job was finished? And what if they do come back? And what if we had a dinner party? And what if that dinner party lit on fire? <laughs> <laughs> And they would get a taste of their own medicine. The fire would come right back to them. Thought it can barricade a door pretty quick. As far as I know, I know that they're, the Tibalt River is probably pretty close to here. Those beds have clay that could protect the house from the, the underground. And you would be able to reclaim Brambleton. And the house would go with it. The history starts over. Everything starts new. What do you think, Lilac? You ready to, uh... Start your family history over? New house that doesn't have to look like this one does? Start from the ground up. Why don't you both give me an insight roll? That'll be a six from me. <laughs> She's angry. 16, Expe she wants to be demoted. Expected no less from you, girl. Sixteen. Yeah. So you can you peer. You're staring at this hooded, sort of shadowed um, top half of her face, and you could tell that Lilac sort of retreats into this position often, where her hood covers her emotion. But you see, like, a twinkle in her eye and her. The edges of her mouth turn into a grin. She said. <laughs> ashes to ashes. Fire for fire. You will take be able to take back control of the instead of being a part of the flames, you can be behind them. And take back control. Kella. We need much more poison for mill, but how much do you think we need for a dinner party? And Kella smiles mischievously and says, not too much more. And we fade back to a terrifying scene in the center of this cave, this boar's den, this giant boar that has been slain has stumbled up to its feet and turned its attention towards the party with this these glossy white eyes and this unnatural manner of standing as this thing's kind of rising up uh, Flint's gonna just like kind of grip his axe unsheath it and kind of start loosening up his shoulders and just kind of turn back and say uh Three man, what are we doing here? And he says, defend yourselves. Roll initiative. Nice. No. I don't know what yeah, song that you're, is. You're gonna edit in music later, but for now, can you just like... <laughs> I'm fucking pumped. Let's go. I didn't... Do this. Oh, fuck. I didn't expect that idea to go that way, by the way. <laughs> I, I did like not it. I think, think cool. that they would... Yeah. Uh, take it, but yeah, I'm excited. 
That's awesome. 19. 18. 17. One second. Hold on. Chill out, guys. I got to load 19. my... I got 19. Zero. 19. Zero 19. is what trade You guys rolled really well. Shadow, what'd you get? 17, 18, 19 for us. What'd you get, Shadow? 17. Starlet, 18? Correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Flint, 19? 19. Did Tree Bark get 16 or 20? Tree Bark <laughs> actually got 17. Oh, oh, thank God. I'm sure his dex is higher than mine. Got a good dex. Uh, nice dex you got there. That was <laughs> two seconds ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> well. Cat. You guys rolled really well. Damn, I, and my boar rolled, rolled really one. bad. Yeah, I get fucked, boar. <laughs> All right, so this boar, sort of shoddily getting to its its footing, its intestines dragging along the ground, it starts turning towards you guys. And Flint, it is your turn as you see see this thing with malicious hate in its eyes. Um. Uh, okay. After hearing tree bark, yell, defend yourself. Um. Flint's gonna just say, uh, copy that. <laughs> Grab his axe and just double hand it over his head straight at this thing's face. Okay, roll to hit. Do 24. That is a hit for sure. Damn right it is. Roll your <laughs> damage. Oh, it's actually applies at 20, but I'm assuming that still hits. That, that still hits. Okay. Uh, five damage. Okay. Over uh, head over heels, this axe sort of spins around on a direct path towards this boar, and it hits its shoulder and just wedges itself in the hide. Anything else? Um, no. Okay, Starlet. Actually, yeah, I'm just gonna run up to it because I'm, I'm all about that shit. Okay, Starlet, it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to um grab a, an arrow out of my quiver and pull the bow back and just aim. Um, and I will try to hit it there. Shadow, where are you? It's a 12 to hit. That's a hit. Sweet. Shadow's by the mouth of the cave, it looks mm-hmm. like. It's gonna be a 7 for damage. Oh, okay. Think it goes in right next to the axe that uh, Flint had thrown and wedged into its hide, and it sort of reels a little bit. It is now Treebark's turn. He's going to do the same thing, knock an arrow and shoot it. Ooh. Hits into the hide, but the arrow shatters upon an impact and doesn't pierce it. Um, Let's see. and He is going to pretty much be right. He's going to move back right next to you, Shadow. And he's going to turn to you and say, That dwarf might be stupid and he might be brave. I don't know which one. <laughs> uh, as the boar was getting up, Shadow kind of slowly backed into against the wall and kind of let the shadows belp her a little bit. And then you watch as they coalesce in her hand and three bolts of Shadow go flying towards the creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does magic missile. Ooh. Nice. And that's an auto hit, correct? Yeah. 
or 12 um, force damage. Ooh. And she turns towards Tree Bark and says, I don't know. Why not both? Okay. This zombie boar is very hurt. But not hurt enough. And it's very mad. But also very stupid because it's a zombie. It's going to turn to you, Flint, and you just like. Its jaws kind of slack open and it lets out this. This like steaming breath from its snout. And it lowers its head and goes to gore you with its tusk. Nine. Yeah, I missed. Alright, so you just dodge deftly out of the way as it brings it back up. Okay. Flint, it's your turn. Uh, so, just because I never played a fighter before, uh, that action surge, you can take one additional action on your turn. I can use that for, for, uh, attack move, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to hit it with both my short swords and then use action surge to do a third attack. Am I thinking about that right? Yeah, perfect. Okay. So, roll uh, your main hand first and your offhand second. Right. Uh, main hand's gonna be a 21, and offhand's gonna be a 9. Offhand misses, but your main hand hits. Okay. Now roll your, I... roll your roll. other attack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, plus 20. Okay, so hit again. Um, roll damage separately for me. You got two attacks. Yep. Uh, first attack is going to be a, a 3. Second attack is also going to be a three. Or no, sorry. Uh, five and five. I was looking at my hand axe stats. Okay, so you you have two short swords, right? Yeah. Okay. So you bring one up and slash it across the snout of this creature and bring your offhand to the side, but it deflects it with its tusk before you just draw this well of energy inside you and bring it up and pierce it under the throat and you pull it out and you're like oh that for sure is a killing blow but as the blood's flowing out it just raises those dead eyes back at you Starlet it's your turn shit um I think Star pulling another arrow back to um she wants to try and aim for its eye uh which I mean you know do what you will with that info if I roll high enough and you feel like that's great then yes but anyway uh, aiming for one of its eyes uh, she shouts over to you you know I've never met a, I've never really met a lot of dwarves in my time but you for sure are the craziest one I've ever fucking met you're and about she, to know one less if you don't hurry up <laughs> <laughs> she lets the arrow fly and it sort of like it's going so fast it kind of wiggles um, let's see if it actually hits, though. <laughs> it wiggles 15 feet to the left. Into <laughs> Flint's ass. <laughs> That's, it was a nine, so. Yeah. <laughs> sails off and clanks against the stone wall of the cavern. Damn it, she says. Uh, somebody hurry up and kill this bloody thing! Uh, it's Treebark's turn. He knocks an arrow and shoots it again. Natural fucking one. Hell yeah. His, he pulls it back and his bowstring like snaps off and he's like, shit. He says, 
I'll never be thought of as less valiant than a dwarf as he unsheaths the daggers, uh, blade down, and rushes forward. He actually has 35 movement for being a wood elf. Gets pretty close. Um, Shadow, it's your turn. I'm gonna send out some more magic missiles, and I'm gonna make them, like, go right past Flint's, like, head on both sides and through his legs. <laughs> okay, give me the damage separately. Please. Okay. First one's two damage. Okay. Four damage. Okay. And four damage. Okay. So, these are like missiles of force, correct? Yeah. So this rippling wave of magical force, one comes by and just plants itself on the right cheek of its jaw. And you can see it like rip half of the, like, one of the hinges of its jaw off as it lays slack there. The other one peppers it right on top of the head, and the third one explodes right where its eyes meet. And again, Flint, you're like, oh, that's the killing move. And it looks up, and it's got this hole in its head with one eye hanging out of its side and leans back to gore you again. I think I got you. I think I got you. Nineteen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got this uh, dice in uh, Guardian Games in Portland. It has a dragon on it. It's a D6. Let's see how it does for me. <laughs> oh, look, I rolled, a, I rolled an 18. <laughs> All right, so that'll be 10 points of damage. 10? Jesus, fuck. Okay. Um, after, yeah, as I'm getting gored, I'm just gonna yell over the tree bark. You may be more valiant than a dwarf, but you're not more valiant than that little wee lass over there! Would you hurry up and kill this thing? <laughs> Alright. In fact, Flint, as you get gored and this tusk sort of pierces the side of your armor and leaves this bloody hole, it is your turn. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna... Roll to roll a hit. Actually, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use second wind. Um, yeah, bonus action. I'm gonna use second wind. Uh, so one second. I let me do my heels. Uh, fuck. I really like that scene of you getting like pierced by this huge tusk, probably half the size of your torso, and it pulling out, and you just like drawing on your innate ability to, uh, to engage in combat and just, like, <gasps> getting your second wind and going yeah. again, pushing through the pain. Rather than get go getting closer, Flint's just kind of, like, starting to bleed out of his mouth a little bit. He's like, I got you now, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm gonna, yeah, uh, try to stab it in its face twice. Okay. Uh, ooh, I got a, that's like a, that's an 18 and a 24. Both of those will hit. All right. For damage roll, uh, a uh, four and a seven. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Let me just make sure I'm reading this right. Okay. So you take your axe and you hack and you hack off 
its right ear and a good portion of its skull. And you keep going because even though that normally would be a killing move, you've learned from this thing and you hit with your other, or not your axe, I'm sorry, your short sword. And you take your other one and rake it across its left eye, uh, completely gouging that one out. And still, it fights through. Uh, yeah, as I'm stabbing at it, too. And it's, I don't know where this thing's brain is, but I'm going to fucking find it. <laughs> Star, it's your turn. Can I roll, like, a religion or something to try and figure out what's going on here? Give okay. me a religion check. This fight would be so much, so different if Bo was Oh, here. I'm sure, dude. It's I'm sure Bo would have, like, fucking sneezed and it would have been dead. <laughs> it would, yeah. <laughs> Instead Ugh. of me sneezing and dying in the spider den. Yeah, literally. Okay, I got a 16. All right. Okay, so a 16. That's enough to know you... You have a little more insight than the rest of the world on undeath, where... To the average Brambletonian, it might be a simple wives' tale or distant story to scare your children. You've actually met people who have fought with undeath and zombies, and you have heard stories describing their fortitude and their resistance to death. And depending on sort of the constitution of the creature, it has an ability to th shrug off uh, death-dealing blows and continue its undead rampage. It's not always successful. Some, you've heard of stories where they, their heads lop off as easy as anything, but you've also heard stories of zombies with no heads continuing to attack. Your best bet, you think, is to keep trying to take it down. Okay. I think Star... Uh, knocking another arrow, she, um, is gonna run up a little bit more, uh, maybe to, like, here. And Not actually, like, grappling this thing, but just to paint a picture, Flint's right up in its face, just, like, trying to, like, hold onto its tusks, basically, like, wrestling with it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I like that. Me too. If we had fans, fan art, but we don't. <laughs> so maybe we can commission somebody. I'm a fan. <laughs> Draw that art. Okay. I think Star runs up uh, to this rock here, and she um, kind of like her back sort of slams into it, and she peeks around the corner and she shouts, We just have to get one good blow in. That's it. It'll be done. I know that we've been doing that, but we need to just hit it really fucking hard. And she leans around the side and can actually... Can I try to hide? Uh, yeah, you can do that action? as a bonus action. Yes, go yeah. ahead. Okay. Uh, how do I do that? I've never... I've uh, never roll a stealth before. check. Okay. And you're hiding behind just like a rock you see? Yeah, just this big rock or something. Okay. Stealth check. 16. Okay. You feel pretty decent about that uh, stealth check. Uh... Are you going to attack it? Yeah, I'm going to lean around the corner and just draw my bow right. one more time. So you're, you're still successful. Roll with advantage. Sweet. And you will get sneak attack if you hit. Cool. Uh, 
Okay. 23 to hit. That is a hit. Sick. So roll um, all your damage and... Yeah. Sorry, and what else do I roll? So, or what do I get? Uh, sneak attack. I think... I think... I can't pull up your character sheet right now, but I think it's... 2d6 at this level? Probably. Sneak attack. 1d6. Okay. 2d6. 1D6. Oh, is it 1d6? Okay. Okay. So add that as well. 13 damage. Like yeah, rogues. Okay. How do you want to kill this thing? Nice. Nice. So I think as Star is sort of shouting this to everyone, she's kind of lost in the moment, and I think she can't help to feel a little excited. Like, this is what she's made for. This is what she does. Um, and she gets herself sort of hidden in this spot and she leans around the corner of this rock and just pulls the arrow back and um, as it's going back, she, she sort of gets this little glint in her eye and she whispers to herself got you now, you motherfucker. She lets the arrow fly and through the sort of like exposed spot of its brain I think that um, Flint has hacked off just the arrow shoots straight through and goes right out the other side and I imagine the boar slumps down maybe taking Flint with it but she's like at the end of this like she sees it fall over she stands up and she goes well that was easy <laughs> it's um so its head falls and like kind of partially pins Flint to the floor, and he's still just hacking away at it with one of his hand axes. It's like, is it bloody dead yet? I'm gonna keep hacking until somebody tells me to stop. I think uh, Shadow kind of mimics a goblin war cry and like turns to Star and's like, "Nice shot." <laughs> I was just gonna say, Star nods at her and uh, sort of starts walking like flauntily over to go help Flint. <laughs> Everglade strides up to the boar and you, Flint, and he puts his right foot on the boar's neck, and you feel a little bit more pressure as he's, like, putting it down, and he uh, lays his elbows on his knee, and he says, You might be the craziest person I ever met. He takes his foot off and reaches his hand out to you, and he says, But I'll be damned if that wasn't valiant. Plenty <laughs> Plenty of valiantness to go around, brother. And just kind of reaches up and grabs his hand. <laughs> oh, it's sticky. And he pulls you out from You've under the You've been eating board. snacks and drinking juice? <laughs> I, had a, I had a pack of gushers in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and you guys successfully uh, defeated the zombie boar. Everglade helps you up to your feet and says... We should take the other two boars that are untainted and leave this place at once. Yeah, after catching his breath for a minute, just kind of looking at the abomination that's now laying dead, Flint's just going to ask him, what the bloody hell happened to this thing? I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I sure, would we'll not say it's cool, little one, but curious <laughs> indeed. You see, that is... The El Curiosity, and he's looking at you, Flint, and he's like, the El Curiosity that drives our scholars and our researchers. The El Curiosity? 
El Curiosity. El Curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) They refer to themselves as the O, okay? I know. No, I got it. (laughs) Um, All I'm concerned with, pointier man, is that I can kill it. But I don't want to have to do that again. I think Star wants to try and take one or both of its tusks. Uh, Just, like, she wants to bring it back to show uh, Bo, because she's heard him talk about this kind of thing, and she wants to know if there's any way he could cleanse this area, if it's possible. Uh, But she'll ask him about that later. I think for now she just wants to try to uh, do this. Roll a survival, and I'll give you advantage because... um, Half of its face is already hacked off. <laughs> well, yes, but also uh, Tree Bark's going to help you, so he'll, like, hold the tusk okay. as you're trying to, like, saw away at it. Okay. And when Flint said that he didn't want to do it again, Shadow's like, yeah, I can kill him's pretty tired. I don't think he can do it again. <laughs> right. <sighs> Natural 20. Nice. You perfectly get both tusks off. Sweet. And if nothing else, they might be of value or a good trophy. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, well. so what do you guys want to do? Um, while they're doing that, I kind of want to just, like, follow up on that and just be like, uh, just turn to Shadow and say, Alas, who? If I may ask, who is this killer you keep it afraid to? Uh, I've, sh- I've shown you him a few times. Uh, he... It's hard for others to see, it seems, but I can make him appear. But what? what is he exactly? Is he a friend? Yeah, he's my friend. He, okay. He came to me when I was by myself and was my first friend. And how long ago was that? Oh, uh, a couple years ago, I think. Where did you find him? I didn't find him. He found me. Uh, yeah, we're talking about this while we're just like kind of prepping this like. <laughs> you guys are having this like really meaningful talk while like Everglades holding a tusk and yeah, start like. No, at the base of it, at the base. You're sawing crosswise, cut across the grain. Star's like, who killed this fucking thing? Who did it? It was me. Shut up. (laughs) I'm just saying all you can do is a little bit better if you start at the base. It's more in the elbow. Me telling Tanner. You're sawing with your whole arm. (laughs) Me telling Tanner how to brush his damn hair. Start at the fucking base, (laughs) goddammit. Literally. Start at the top. You work out all the knots by the time you get to the end. You're stronger at the end. You rip it down as hard as you can. You get the whole whole, hair. Gets rid of all the unnecessary hairs that are in there. I've had long hair for almost two years now. I know. Uh huh. Uh -huh. (laughs) It's two years. Oh, shit. It's been like two years, hasn't it? Yeah. This is my COVID hair, bro. Yeah. Ew. Um, Get rid of it. I think, too, like, probably on that note of conversations happening, too, I think Star is like, I still would like to try and find something for the people to eat. I don't want to come back empty-handed. I know we have the two dead boars, but I might scout just on our way back to see if I can't find anything else. I don't know if I'll be much help in a fight going forward, but I can try. I think the little L has a point. If you wish to get more food, the boar will suffice. For, the two boars will suffice for tonight, and you and I can go out in the morning and hunt some smaller game. 
easier target. Yeah, squirrels are really tasty. Yes, yes. Um, how like many people roughly do they have in the in the basement? Like twenty or so, or less than that, probably. Less than that? Okay. Yeah. A boar would be a very a good boar, meal. Yeah, two two like good sized boars would probably feed them plus for the spider a while. Yeah, one of the boars would likely go to the spider. Oh yeah, gotcha. But one even think even one boar like if they're doing stew and stuff, it would last. Stews and salted meats. Yeah, yeah, it would. Okay. Okay. It's a good uh, yield. I think Star just she nods and she's like, "Yeah, I'm. I could use a rest. Today was pretty fucked, for lack of better words." And she uh says, "Wake me up early. I'll go out with you, and we can hunt something else for them." And on the way back, maybe we can look for berries and stuff. Star nods at that. So yeah, Flint's gonna Flint's got this thing all like kind of roped up. He's going to throw a rope over his shoulder and he's going to start dragging it to the mouth of the cave and be like, well, I for one am getting, am getting out of this damn hole. <laughs> Everglade, uh, as you guys begin to leave, says, you know, we're supposed to get rocks for your Goliath friend, but we kind of have a lot to carry back. Perhaps we could do it in the morning when we hunt for small game, Star. Starlet it was, right? Starlet, that is correct. Starlet Moonbow. Of course, Moonbow, that's a powerful sylvan name, is it not? It is. I, uh, I met somebody who sort of changed my life and helped me to become who I wanted to be. But that's a story for another time. A sylvan, was it? She was. Is. I've known... Yeah. <laughs> Was. Interesting. I'm sorry. I've known many Sylvan in my time. <laughs> Majestic, wonderful creatures. You know, the elves used to be Sylvan. Long time ago. Yes, but I've anyway. learned of some of those in my time in the Feywild, but like I said, it's a long story. I'm sure we'll have time to chat about it later. For now, let's yes. just try to get back home. Yes, of course. Is this your best friend star that you're talking about? Um, I think... Just, uh, I guess, uh, if it's nighttime out, or uh, assuming it's nighttime out, yep. star sort of looks up at the stars and he says, Well, I guess you could call her my best friend, but she's so much more to me than that. But, regardless... I'd like to meet her sometime. Oh, she would love you. <laughs> she loved everyone. She was very... She is very wonderful. But... Hopefully... I'll be able to find her again. And then we can all meet. We can show her what brave people I'm surrounded by. And I think Star sort of has this... Dreamy, kind of sad look in her eyes as she's, you know, looking at the stars and... I don't know. I think... You can kind of sense that she's just... She's a little sad. She misses something, someone, somewhere. I yeah. think Shadow slides her hand into Star's as they're walking. <laughs> Star holds it. <laughs> also, a dozen or so feet off, Flint, kind of overhearing her talk about her companion, kind of like like looks down sort of towards his breast pocket and sees the corner of that of that illustration <laughs> poking out of the inside of his jacket. You motherfucker. Like, kind of gives an like, a understanding nod to himself. <laughs> Keeps on 
dragging <laughs> the boar out of there. Dragging the other boar, Treebark Everglade sort of looks back at you absentmindedly, sort of eavesdropping on your conversation, and he pulls out a little flute. And you hear him play a note, and he's like, Ooh. and he plays this somber tone in the moonlight. He says, Oh, the dreadful one tears apart the sky. The wind gives way to mighty wings. The dreadful one, he flies. And he plays another note. I can't play it very well with my <laughs> voice. But. Star pulls out her pan flute and starts trying to, you know, play along. And you quickly p uh, pick up the rhythm. And he says, A hurricane of fire, a forest burnt to ash. The hell we lost, the life we spent, we'll never get them back. Plays another sad note. Flint's going to join in too, because, you know, singing kind of goes along with like a lot of Dorvan, you know, tavern music, kind of stuff, drinking songs. And this is actually a song you, you probably have known. It's a very popular elven song mm -hmm. throughout the land. And he says, Malagroth the hated, forever will he reign. In the ruins of Tevalon, the dreadful one remains. And a sad ending tune. And the somber silence that follows the melancholic beauty of the song fades as we look at the full moon. And skip a little bit forward in time where you guys are back dragging these corpses through the small three-foot hole somehow into the sub-basement of the Huwani Manor. And Bo and Groth, you very quickly see your companion, companions coming down this hallway, uh, returning with two boars. So, um, yeah, like, uh, kind of seeing the, the sunken, like, sallow look in Bo's face from being poisoned and paralyzed not that long ago, Flint, completely covered in gore and blood, like, reeking of death. Is, what the hell happened to you? I could <laughs> say the same. <laughs> oh, buddy. You could, uh, you could use a shower. That's the smell of victory. So <laughs> the kids are calling it. <laughs> I agree with the crude one. Eh, yeah. Wasn't the him. Star on her way past, uh, or towards Groth and, um, Bo. She kind of, like, whispers to them. She's like, between you and me, I think he shit his pants when the boar got him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then no, she that takes... was there from before. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely it's didn't. Shit. It's completely unrelated. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Star, um, <laughs> she takes the tusks off of her neck. She, I, she had kind of, sort of tied up some rope around them to keep them there. Uh, she gives them over to Bo, and she says, "When you're feeling a little better, would you mind taking a look at these? They came from." Well, something that should have been dead, but wasn't quite dead. Um, you see Bo's eyes kind of, like, flash in interest and even, like, a glint of green come through them. And he immediately turns attention to you and, um, starts, I want to observe them immediately and see what I can see. Even though I know it will probably take time, but just is, um, um curious. Yeah, we'll assume that the rest of the night you're sort of studying and preying upon these and, and okay. 
looking uh, for guidance, uh, you should have your unique undeath knowledge skill on your character sheet. Why don't you give me a roll? Flint's also going to uh, yeah, produce a dagger and scrape some viscera off of his jacket and it's going to slap it on the table next to the tusks. <laughs> and then Shadow comes out from behind them with her arms full of the weapons and drops them into Groth's arms. <laughs> oh, little one. You got all these by yourself? Uh, I mean, the others helped. Some. A little bit, right? <laughs> the rest of us did not help, like, at all. <laughs> Everglade walks up to you, Groth, and reaches very high to put his hand on your shoulder, and says, I tried to steer your friends to get stones, but they outright refused. So <laughs> Star comes and punches him really hard, like in the arm, gives him a nice dead arm. <laughs> She's like, we almost died because a dead boar decided it didn't want to be dead. Get your rocks in the morning, big guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I brought it up. Yeah, Flint yells from across the room. Hey, tree lover, maybe you can get the blacksmith to take a look at your broken bow. <laughs> it's not broken. The twine needs to be reattached. I don't have time to explain this. <laughs> it was, there was the moisture in the cave along with the uh, Stars mocking him again. <laughs> Kella, I'm leaving. <laughs> um, would you roll uh bow? I'm wondering if I can get advantage because I'm spending all, like, a long period of time doing it sure okay sure yeah spending all night oh i'll give you advantage just for oh fuck okay god damn it got 10 oh, and that got so. so okay a 10 doesn't tell you a whole lot but it does confirm your companion's story and you really mostly learn this at the end of the night um however there's a bit uh, where you see like inside the bone at the place where it was sawed off by the dagger, there's a bit in the core that's like this dark sort of... It almost looks like the remnants of an electrical burn, but in place of like a burn, it's rot, and you recognize this to be necromancy or, or necromatic uh, magics. And that's enough to confirm suspicions of undeath. So does that confirm that it was like magic? Someone had to have done this to this creature, like by magic means. I, or I mean, all all in death is some form of magic or right. you know okay. manipulation of the of such. But pretty much with a ten, you can definitively say it was undeath. Okay. Um, Star wants to go over to Kella and um pull out the very few mushrooms that she found and she says I found these in the cave uh, that we found ourselves in but I'm, there wasn't many. Uh, I've identified them to a certain point it seems like they may be good for crafting some elixirs but I thought I would bring them for you. She says, Wormwort's perfect! And she says, this is exactly what I need. I need Wormwort and Nightbloom. Nightbloom is a, a cousin of the lily that blossoms in the middle of the night. If you find any, please bring it to me. But I can use these as uh, solvents to expand the venom that we received from William. Hmm. Star gives like a nod. She's like, I'm glad they're of use. I will uh, 
keep my eyes peeled for the night blooms that you speak of. I know I went with Tree, but can I still meet Will- William? <laughs> um, yes, you can. Um, but he needs to eat first, and it seems that you've brought quite enough. And Lilac comes over and puts a hand on your shoulder, Shadow, and she looks at you. She says, what are you wearing? It was a coat that we found upstairs. She smiles a little bit. And you kind of roll an insight. I I think we found a second one. Did you want one? No. No. Ten on the insight. One okay. ten's tonight. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of middle end rolls. Yeah. Um You can't really see her eyes behind the hood. She's sort of tilts her head down um, to cover them, but you see her lip quiver a little bit before turning into a smile, and she says, it looks very good on you. Thank you. And I kind of, like, hold it close and twirl in a circle. <laughs> and the smile broadens. In the kind of panning over, you see Flint now completely down to his underwear, just drop a big bundle <laughs> of gross, like, gore-covered clothes on the table to say, speaking of clothes, do you have any other placements for the night while I wash these? He's just got a <laughs> bottle of whiskey in hand. He's, like, bare, bare-chested. <laughs> Kella's like, I believe we have some garments for a larger halfling that might fit. A larger it- halfling? And <laughs> she brings it back, and it's like you're wearing a tube top and, like, short shorts. <laughs> like, jean cutoffs. Um, no, that's, that's, good, that's good memory, though. Flint actually is a little bit tall for a, for a, uh, a dwarf. Yeah. Um, Everglade sits down beside you and pulls out of this sort of... He has this basket that's, like, weaved with a top on it of perfectly intertwined branches and he pulls it up and he pulls out this ornate bottle of like wine and he says I'll trade you a glass of elven wine for a drink of dwarven whiskey I believe a cultural clash of alcoholism might bridge this gap we seem to have oh brother now you're speaking my language (laughs) <laughs> also we killed we killed the boar together I think we're we're past the pleasantries star hearing this uh, quickly walks over there <laughs> she's like oh we, yeah. We, yeah we killed the boar together what's going on I hit the the ending shot there so um, yeah. take a seat Moonbow you've earned one of this as well yeah Flint doesn't have like a, he's got like a small like little flask tucked away in his bag of like good like dwarven whiskey that he saves for special occasions and he and uh, Everglade pours wine for everybody, including Shadow, and it takes the whole bottle. He says, says, part of culture is the drink a culture chooses. Shadow, please come enjoy a fine wine from deep in the forest of the oak, a wine blessed by the spirit of nature itself. She'll join. <laughs> I slam the whiskey on the table. This was made by my uncle in a back of a bar. He may <laughs> or may not have spilled. He may or may not have spit a little bit in it. He, that's kind of his signature. <laughs> um, 
So you guys all take uh, sips of both of these, I assume? Bo's, yeah. Are you sharing? Bo's probably at the table already, like, kind of set up to be studying these tusks and kind of, like, listening, but giving more attention to the tusks, so, like... Kind of, like, You've got like a religious book out, or yeah, like I'm stuff. like studying, so I'm like listening. I'm kind of there, but I'm more focused on other things. Cool. Um, Star, if I'm gonna make something up that I had in my inventory, it's not anything crazy or whatever, but just to have something to share. Just a plus three bow with yeah, plus three uh, twenty bow. flame um, arrows. I just yeah, made it glows and it's though. poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. Star, actually, she pulls out two things. Um, the first one is sort of a scroll of paper that is tied with a little, like, small piece of leather. Um, and the second one is sort of a, um, it looks almost as if it's, like, a little mushroom that's encased in ice, but it's not cold. So I, it would be glass, sort of, maybe. A, um, a resin, maybe. Maybe a like resin. No, actually. No, no, actually, I'm going to say, yeah, it's it's a, <laughs> yes. It's a hot dog and epoxy resin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. $300, actually, this, <laughs> just for the podcast. No, it's a, yeah. um, it's a little mushroom that's really well preserved in this light uh, resin. And it glows, like not very bright or anything, but it does glow if you look into it. And she's like, well... I don't have much from my life back home, but I have this, and she holds out the little mushroom. She's like, this is one of my favorite things that my dear Faya ever gave me. Uh, she found it while we were traveling together, exploring the Feywild. Um, there was a cave, and it was just tucked away there like it was waiting for her to pick it up. And she's she gave it to me and told me to just always keep it with me. So I have. Um, and she explains, like, this mushroom is actually very, very ancient. It is from nearly, hmm, I would say 25,000 years in the past. Uh, as you can see, it glows if you, you kind of expose it to daylight. You can see it glow at night. Um, and she passes it around to everyone. And... She says, since she can't be here with me right now, I also just wanted to share her likeness with you. And she unscrolls this picture, and it's of a satyr with horns that kind of curl around her head like a crown. Um, you, there's not really any color to it, but she's got these big, like, this big smile on her face that just looks very, very warm. And um, it's... She just looks like a very friendly person. She's quite beautiful as well. Um, and she's like, this is my Faya. I met her and, you know, I've just, I've never come across anyone else like her in my life. And she was taken from me. So I need to find her. And I'm not asking any of you to help me right now, but maybe someday, if you could. And she lets everyone take a look at the picture. Um, Bo's gonna take a, like, hearing the tone and, like, change in your voice and knowing that, like, can hear that this is really important to you, which is just, like, a very different, softer side of Star is gonna, like, take the opportunity to listen and actually, like, look at you while you're saying these things and take a break and listen. 
Shadow yeah. will look at it and say, uh, Oh, she looks really nice. I'd love to go look for her with you. <laughs> Your artistic quality captures her fae-like beauty quite well. You should be proud of this. Star, like, looks back at him and she's like, Yeah, well, I've spent a lot of time looking at her. And remembering every little bit about her. I miss her more than I think I could even possibly describe. Maybe if you got me a few more drunk. Or if, maybe if you got me a few more drinks. <laughs> that actually fits quite well. Everglade looks up at you and says, What did you say her name was? Fire. Fire. I will send word back home. And I will see if Methuselah's watch has heard of a fire. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'd also like to take this chance to make um, a joke before anyone else gets to make it. Um, her name sounds like if Arnold Schwarzenegger was saying fire. So. <laughs> <laughs> fire! <laughs> 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 I would never have thought of that joke. Thank you for bringing it I literally it just thought of it today, and I was because I just said it fire. so many times, and I was like, the fire. <laughs> this would like, fire. Super hot, super hot fire comes to mind. <laughs> we got that's fire, that, and we got killer. At this point. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're showing your age, Zane. Yeah. He's actually fire. I was there when YouTube started. <laughs> I remember when it was only my tube and nobody else's tube. <laughs> oh no. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> so you guys close out the night with the sweetest, most delicate wine you've ever had, as well as the smokiest, most pungent whiskey. Equally as artisan in quality. And you fade into the night, you guys. I assume you rest here in the sub-basement. Yeah. yeah. And we will pick up tomorrow morning on, well, next week on the Reroll Podcast. <laughs> oh. And why don't you go ahead and give yourselves a level up? Oh. 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 Level three. For the level up. <laughs> I don't even think I get anything really all that great right now, but I'm just excited to level up. And level three, I think, is a yeah, level three is huge. One. I think I get one more spell um, slot in like two more levels. <laughs> so, gonna give out a couple re rolls. Uh, first one goes well. Octavia, you got yours for the memory, but you're also getting another one for the good role play, as well as during the fight. Great way to take your. Uh, what was it, nature roll or whatever it was, and apply it in real time. Mm -hmm. Or your religion roll, religion, rather. Yeah. Um, good job on that. Uh, Shadow and um, Flint for your interactions and the backstory work there. That was very good. Uh, Yay. Ayla, uh, for you get one for um, convincing the Huani lady and uh, Kella to not poison the village they 
want to say. I kind of like go the a different route. Yeah, Not... I kind of like yeah the di the direction that that's going. Oh, it's so you know it's definitely um, yeah, an inglorious bastards type moment that I want <laughs> to embrace. Um, but I think I should get the in, the reroll for diving headfirst into a spider web. So. <laughs> uh, that was an episode ago, and no, you don't get a reroll for dying. <laughs> for horribly failing. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time on the Reroll Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons living or dead or actual events are purely coincidental. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. Please consider donating to our Patreon if you liked our content. We are hellbets on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.